This episode of The Legend of Retro is sponsored by Detroit Beard Collective. Dot com, where you can find beards of all shapes and sizes. You can find your collection. Nope, you can find beard supplies such as beard balms, mustache wax, beard elixirs, combs, shampoos, all the tools you need to feed your beard. Not not necessarily purchase collections of beards. Where do I get a beard though? From your own face, typically. Now, you're an unfortunate fellow who who obviously can't grow a beard too well, but if you are a person who has great facial hair, Detroit Beer Collective is the one to help you out. I'll tell you what, I may not be able to grow facial hair, but I sure as hell can appreciate it. That's right. And you know what I can do? What? Spend money. That's right. You go on DetroitBeerCollective.com. If you spend $25 or more, you can use the offer code MCGAMING and get 20% off your order. That's great. That is great. I so, can spend more money on beards that way. Right. Uh, well, what? On beard items. Thank you. That's, I'm scared now. No, don't be. That's, That's okay. So so thank you, Detroit Beer Collective, for sponsoring this episode of The Legend of Retro. Remember, everyone, use the offer code MCGAMING at checkout and receive 20% off your order of $25 or more. And get some beards. Supplies. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Hi, welcome to The Legend of Retro. This is Craig WK. And this is Xander. Hey Xander, uh, what, do you, what do you think we got on the agenda for uh, today's episode? Uh, we're going to discuss uh, muscle cars and... Uh, the people who drive them. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. Let's talk El Camino. I actually, weird. I don't think it's, I don't think it's actually a muscle car, but I love well, El Caminos. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, weirdly enough, I just ate at a restaurant the other night and I had a sandwich called the El Camino. Was it the best sandwich ever? It was actually really good. Did you feel like you could get around places, but if you needed to, you could also pack up the back and go farther? Actually, I felt like garbage afterwards. Because <laughs> <laughs> it had a fried egg on it. It was so good, but I felt like garbage. Fair enough. Uh, so, no, we're not talking about cars. No, that's Craig, silly. This is the Legend of Retro, not the Legend of Muscle Cars. That's another podcast. That's on I, Fridays. How did I make that mistake? <laughs> that's where you and Grim talk about muscle cars. <laughs> I'm so knowledgeable. I know, right? Now that you two both have so much time on your hands, keep an eye out. The legend of muscle cars. <laughs> Don't get their hopes up. Flexing muscle with Craig and Grim. <laughs> I, I can be down for that. Uh, what are we talking about? Today we're talking about Super Mario Brothers 2 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. I thought we were talking about Doki Doki Panic. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because we're talking about both. Because they're kind of the same game, sort of. Super Mario Brothers 2, that's where it looks just like Super Mario 1, but it's different levels. Yes, the original Mario 2 in Japan was just the same as Mario 1 with just different levels. It was way tougher. So then this is the one where Wario comes in. No, that's Mario Land 2. This is where Yoshi's around and there's a baby. That's Super Mario World 2. Um... This is where you have Yoshi finally, and you're flying around to different planets. That's Super Mario Galaxy 2. I give up. <laughs> so, Super Mario Brothers 2 for the 
for the USA, otherwise known as Super Mario USA, outside of, uh, you know, this country, was originally released in America in, on October 9th of 1988 for uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System. It's kind of a weird, quirkier game because it's a little different. You The gameplay is different, of course, but uh, otherwise the plot is the fact that Mario has this like weird dream of another world that's in trouble. And then he talks to his friends the princess, his brother Luigi, and Toad. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh yeah, we all had that same dream. And then they go on a picnic. Literally had no idea there was a story to this game. It was in the instruction book. Okay. That I read over and over again because I was a weird kid. I'll say. That you read the book Uh, over and over again? (laughs) Yeah, that. Uh, And then they they go on a picnic and they see uh, this weird doorway that leads to this, you know, other world and they find out that it's maybe not just a dream. Oh, you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the the premise, but uh, the gameplay was way different than Mario One. It threw a ton of people off. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, nowadays we know that this isn't actually the original Mario Two, right. but it's uh, the gameplay involves jumping on enemies, but instead of just killing, killing them, them outright when you do so, yeah, you have to like pick them up and then you can throw them and you can pick up like vegetables and throw yeah. them. And uh, it's it's all in all a really weird experience, but it's not out of the ordinary for Nintendo to make weird sequels. It's true. You know, you had uh, like Legend of Zelda 2 was a side scroller instead of a top down view, you know. Also true. You know, but I so why so was Doki Doki Panic? Obviously, it was. A game in Japan, right? Yep. So the it's kind of it's sort of a long story. Okay, let's hear it. So the the original game was uh came out in Japan called Yume Kojo Doki Doki Panic Doki Doki Paniki, which translates to Dream Factory Heart Pounding Panic. It was a originally it was a prototype uh, Nintendo had come up with. It, they they wanted to make a uh, side scrolling. Well, I'm sorry, a platformer game that rather than being side scrolling was more vertical, like you went up a lot. Yeah. And if you remember in Mario 2, there's quite a lot of segments where you go up. Yeah. You know, rather than just left to right. Now, basically what ended up happening back in the 80s is Fuji TV in Japan came up to Nintendo and they're like, hey, we are having this huge, huge, uh, like, you know, like festival, basically. And uh it was going to be running between July and August in 87, and they wanted to promote their show. Uh, they wanted to collaborate with Nintendo. Now, basically, the the characters that, that were their like kind of icons at the time was a like a Middle Eastern family. You know, they they had like, you know, kind of it was all cliche, of course, and kind of almost a little, you know, not not very PC by today's standards. Right. But it was like a family with like turbans and you know, they, they had the, like the cliche Arabian nights kind of attire on yeah. and stuff. And, uh, so Nintendo went along with it and they took this old, you know, uh, game idea, slapped it, uh, together with all these different things. And because it was a collaboration with Nintendo. And so they were trying to highlight that in the original game, they had POW blocks and stars and, you know, coins and stuff. So the there was a lot of Mario references in the game anyway, and uh, the other kind of cool thing is that this wasn't done by like Nintendo's B team. It was done by the team that did Mario Brothers. Hmm. Miyamoto supervised the game. Really, Koji Kondo did the music. I didn't. I I had always assumed that it was just another game that got repurposed because it wasn't 
very popular. I mean, I no idea that it was. I mean, technically yes, but <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize it was like a full Nintendo. Like it was a full project. Nintendo project. Yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't just like some random game they slapped the name to. Uh, basically, this Yume Kojo Doki Doki Panic. I uh, was a game that would never have come to America otherwise because of the licensing rights with Fuji TV because Fuji TV still owns those characters and stuff. Nintendo can't release Doki Doki Panic without dealing with those licensing rights. Interesting. So, yeah, so basically uh, what ended up happening is Fuji TV had this all going on and uh, at the time... Nintendo of America was trying to figure out what to do next. And so they they actually ended up having this guy who worked at Nintendo uh, test out an early version or or even a finished version, perhaps, of Super Mario 2, which now we now refer to as the Lost Levels, you know, the real Mario 2. Right. And apparently, like, this guy was good at video games. He liked it and stuff. But he just kept dying over and over again because this game was just brutally hard. And anyone who's played Mario 2, the Lost Levels, you know. Mm-hmm. They should know it's tough. It's not a very easy game. And so the president of Nintendo at the time got a hold of Nintendo of Japan. He was like, listen, this isn't going to work in America. They're not going to buy this because he figured that the game looks exactly the same. He thought that America would look at it and just be like, what is this? This is nonsense. You know, they, they you know, he thought the American public would not like the difficulty and also not like the fact that it's not updated. It doesn't look better, you yeah. know, and he didn't want a Mario to fall off as an icon uh, who was, you know, gaining popularity and everything. So he asked Japan, he's like, hey, can you make a different game? So they took Doki Doki Panic. They slapped Mario characters over it and they sent it to America and it was a big hit and they ended up bringing it back to Japan and repurposed it as Mario USA without the Doki Doki Panic stuff. Now, are there people who are like, Doki Doki Panic was better? Or are there people like, oh, this is two different games? I, I mean, they're pretty much the same game, to the best of my knowledge. It's just the way they look. Because the I'm sure there were minor changes here and there. Mm-hmm. But by and by, I mean, the you know, each member of this like family in, you know, Dream Factory, Heart Pounding Panic, they all had their own features. The only real changes that I know of off the top of my head is uh Apparently in the Doki Doki Panic, the way it works is if you want to get the real ending, you actually have to beat the game with all four characters. And there's a save feature. You play as each character separately and you can do their own thing. Yeah. Whereas in uh, Mario 2, they got rid of the save feature to kind of cut down the cost of the cartridge. And they basically just removed the fact that you needed to beat the game with all four characters. And it's just, hey, beat the game. You get the ending. Okay. But otherwise, yeah, it's it's almost a fairly similar plot. This family, you know, the Dream Factory family or whatever from Fuji TV. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they find someone who gets kidnapped by, you know, this wart monster from this other world. So wart was that was the same thing. Yep, wart was the same thing. All, all the shy guys are the same. The, the birdos, all the enemies are the the same. It's really the just slapping Mario, Luigi, Toad and Princess over it. And then just kind of, you know, making the plot, you know, otherwise and making minor changes like the they were I think they were magic potions that gave you health instead of the mushrooms in the weird dream world. Hmm. You know, so and for people who aren't aware, 
uh, in Mario 2, you know, on top of the fact you throw enemies instead of just bouncing off their heads, uh, you don't necessarily just get mushrooms and, and get bigger or anything. Uh, essentially, the way it works is you you find a uh, like a magic potion and it creates this door to another world and then you hop in it and then it takes you to this like weird shadow world. And that's where you find like health and you can uh, uproot vegetables. But instead of vegetables, they become coins and they let you do like a slot machine mini game at the end. It's really definitely unique. It's it's definitely a weird game. Yeah. I would. Uh, do you remember the first time you played it? Do you, did you did you play it when it first came out? You know, I do remember uh, when I first played it. It's a, a kind of a slightly depressing story. I, uh, I was actually, the best. <laughs> I was actually avoiding my family. Uh, my uh, uh, grandpa, uh, who, who's, you know, that's a story in and of itself, I suppose. But uh, uh, he had a Nintendo in his basement and they had Mario 2. And I played the heck out of it. And it was partially for the fact that I really liked video games and also partially because I didn't want to have to talk to my family or anything. So it was, it was kind of a, a weird mix of both. <laughs> So was that when the game first came out, or it would have been pretty recent, like recent after it came out? Yeah, it, it, like as far back as I can remember, they had that game. Yeah, um, I always remember going to the playground and just being like, "Yeah, I got a lot of video games. I got like 10. you know, and thinking that was like an <laughs> impressive number. Uh, but Mario Brothers Two was never one that I owned. It was one that I always played when I was at a friend's house. Oh, you never actually owned it? No, nope. and I. Don't know that I if I ever beat the game. To be honest with you, really, yeah. Uh, the one time I decided, you know what, I'm setting out, I'm gonna do it, was when the Game Boy Advance came out, and we all know how that went. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <sighs> For those of you just tuning in, my Game Boy Advance was stolen the day I bought it. Yeah, that was really depressing, and that of and, course had yeah. Mario Advance, which was Mario Two. Yep. Uh, I think I eventually did finish it. I just don't remember. It's. Uh, I know I got really far, so I mean, and it probably wouldn't take that long for me to go back and finish it now. I just have never gone back to do it. Yeah, if you know what you're doing uh, with warp zones and stuff, you can actually probably beat it in. I don't know. I I feel like I could probably beat it in about twenty minutes. Yeah, I would. I would want to go through and like actually complete every level. Well, right. Yeah. You know. I mean, that's the. It's a fun game. It's it's definitely a game you don't want to miss out on. You know, miss any levels on it or anything. But I. Uh, uh, no, it's not a very long game or anything. So you know, but it's it's definitely uh, worth playing. Uh, I feel like a lot of our listeners probably have a fair amount of experience with Mario Two. It was a really popular game, mm-hmm. you know. I uh, now, uh, yeah. So so basically, uh, Nintendo set up a deal with Fuji TV. They made this weird game. They weren't really going to have a use for it outside of their first time selling it and so they repurposed it because america needed a uh you know uh, a better a quote-unquote better mario, mario game yeah. yeah something that wasn't quite as hard and something that kind of updated the formula a bit to catch people's attention and it, and it worked mario stayed really popular uh you know it was after mario 2 they got that mario brothers cartoon show yeah you know, so uh, and as a, a weird little side note, uh, Fuji TV uh, is the channel in Japan that uh, brings them Dragon Ball, yep. Dragon Ball Z, Dragon, Dragon Ball GT, <laughs> Dragon Ball Super, One Piece, Ranma Half and Yu Yu Hakusho, among like a billion others. Hmm. So, yeah, they, they're a, a pretty, pretty big channel over there. And it's weird because I can't really think of any TV channels 
in America that have their own video game. Cartoon Network? But that's the their adult characters. Swim games? Is there an Adult Swim video game? Uh, well, you mean like just like their channel has a game? Yeah, their ch- a channel has a video game. Because this is just the mascots for their channel who got a video game. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, Cartoon Network, the, the Crash pa- uh, the Punch explosion whatever like the smash brothers ripoff where it was just all of their characters well that's the show oh, the yeah. show's characters though it's not really their mascots but i guess cartoon network uses them as mascots yeah I so i guess really, it works I yeah i can't really think of of any american channels that have mascots yeah oh well, yeah that's also weird i guess the nbc you know uh uh uh, Flamingo, or not Flamingo. Peacock. Peacock, thank you. i guess that peacock doesn't really get its own video game or much of anything else yeah, I can't think of. Yeah, there's really not. I mean, Beavis and Butthead for MTV. They kind of were. Yeah, I guess they had their own game too, so that sort of works. Yeah. Okay, so it works in America. It's just you know the Mario Brothers two was a lot better than Beavis and Butthead video games. That's true. <laughs> but the Beavis and Butthead games had Guar. That's you got. That's kind of something. <laughs> Now, speaking of music, uh, you know, I mentioned Koji Kondo did the uh, the music for this game. What was uh, your favorite theme, Xander? Uh, for me, I mean, it's it's hard to to say anything against the uh, the overworld theme. It's super catchy. I, yeah, it, uh, there's that's easily the, the the catchiest, the one that gets stuck in your head the most. But as as uh, again, never finishing the game, I had a, a playlist of just random NES songs, mm-hmm. and one song would always come up that I was like, "Oh, what is it? this? Sounds really cool. What is this?" And it was the credits theme from this game. Oh, so you really like the uh, the credit, like the end credits to yeah, the game? Yeah, that I oddly enough never heard, but I really like <laughs> uh, I really like that song. I've got it pulled up so we can uh, kind of share it with everybody here real quick. It does have a bit of a long intro, and the intro is not even my favorite part. It's once it gets to like the simple melody of this of the song is what I really like. Uh, Honestly, so, the the simple melody you like is the cast of character, like the cast of characters scroll, really? scroll by. I believe, yeah, I'm pretty sure All if right. I remember right. Well, just to share it with you, this is the uh, the credits from Super Mario Brothers Two uh, by Koji Kondo. Koji right? Kondo, yeah. Here we go. And it more or less repeats from this point out. But now, 
Xander, you've said that you've not really beaten the game enough. To, I don't think so. And know. if I have, I've only done it once. Yeah. Now, the the ending to the game, are you fairly familiar with it? Or are you okay with a spoiler? Uh, Mario wakes up and realizes it was all a dream. Yeah. Now, how do you feel about that ending? Because I feel like a lot of people really give the ending a hard time. Like, it makes lists of, like, worst endings to video games ever. You know, it's there. I think it gets a lot of flack. And I'm wondering what your opinion on that is. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, there's there's so many people who who get really upset about that kind of thing. Like mm. uh, the TV show Dallas turned out to be it was all just a dream. And everybody's like, what? what? I haven't seen the last episode. What are I've you talking never, about? I've Xander? never watched Dallas. I just know <laughs> that that's how that that show ended. I, I've heard about that. It yeah. just, I mean, it, it cheapens that for a lot of people. Who are like, I went on this whole adventure and none of it was even real. This is all dumb. Blah blah blah. But like, who cares? You enjoyed yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I I guess if I had watched a show like Dallas and was like, oh, it's all a dream. <laughs> Like, be like, oh, well, that's that's kind of a cop-out ending. But for a video game, who cares? Yeah, it, it doesn't really matter at the end. I mean, it is. It's 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 about the adventure, really, more than anything else. Yeah. But uh, the interesting thing um, is that people get upset about this game being a dream. But then, the like, the crazy fan theory of Mario 3 is that it's all just a play. And nobody's <laughs> upset about that. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, it's sort of funny because uh, the... It's sort of almost a dream within a dream then, because the the premise of the game is that Mario has a dream, sees this other world, and then he wakes up, goes to this like you know picnic, finds this door with his friends, and they go on this adventure. Turns out it's a dream, so it's like a dream within a dream, which is sort of trippy. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, what would what about you? What's your favorite song? Oh, my favorite theme is, and I, I feel like it's sort of happens in most games the theme of the villain okay it's it's the theme of wart who's really i feel like a uh, a mario villain that kind of doesn't get a lot of credit because he's not ki- really a mario villain yeah. you know but this but at the same time shy guys in mario kart yeah right birdo I, is everywhere yeah absolutely you know all these different you know aspects of mario 2 get carried over but wart didn't and, and it's, it's what triclide mauser triclide mauser and uh, hang on Triclide, Mauser, and I can't even think what the other one looks like. There's a crab, crab, crab oh. grip. I think his name yeah, is. I have no idea. Uh, in fact, the I think the crab enemy got added to the American version. I don't know if it was in the original. Okay, which is something I picked up while I was uh, learning about it. But yeah, Wart, Wart's theme I think is my favorite. The final boss music. I feel like it's uh, a really cool, and I really like Wart. I I think his character design. He's just yeah. really interesting. It's it's a surprise that it was never an alternate costume for Bowser or Might as well have been or King DDD really because they kind of share a similar kind of look. Yeah, they're both like kind of like overweight. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the frog kind of mouth kind of looks similar to yeah, the way they right. draw DDD. But that would have been a cool like how uh, was it Bowser Junior in uh, Smash Brothers had all the different Koopa kids. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, so we've got uh, we've got Wart's theme pulled up. So we'll go ahead and play that for you, so you can check that out as well. So oh here yeah, is Wart's theme by Koji uh, Koji Kondo. So that's Wart's theme. Yep. It's it's not... Fairly repetitive. It is a little. 
I really like it. And I, I think maybe the the reason I really like it so much is because a, a lot of the times when I was younger, I would get to Wart but wouldn't be able to defeat him. Mm-hmm. I had a hard time when I was a, a real little kid. I had a hard time getting to Wart too because my Game Boy was stolen. <sighs> Awkward. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, that was that was a travesty, and that was actually—I mean, it was just a port of Mario Two, but it was fancy graphics. Yeah, it was nicer graphics. It, it was it was a nice port. It's it's a solid port. There's a few tiny changes even in the gameplay. Uh, they added like a like a mechanical Birdo boss, I think, or something like that. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Now you had brought up Birdo before, mm-hmm. and you know, I, talking about Birdo. Uh, Birdo, according to the original instruction booklet, is transsexual. Yep. In fact, Breaking I, grounds in 89. Yeah. I think that might have been the very first transsexual uh, video game character. It's certainly for Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. In the instruction booklet, it says uh, 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 she was like once a he or something to that effect. That's really weird that they would throw that in. <laughs> it is a little weird just for the fact that it wasn't really I mean, necessary. It's not a big deal, but it's just, I mean, oh, yeah, for no, 89, like. Oh yeah, no. This 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 lady totally used to be a dude. Like, <laughs> okay, Nintendo. I mean, only for the fact that Nintendo was really. I mean, they, oh, Nintendo's always been really defensive about things like that. They do. They want to just fly under the radar. They don't want to be that. They want to be progressive insofar that they want people like them, but they don't want to go above and beyond and have you know. Yeah, they don't want to make a big make, deal yeah. out of it. Yeah, they don't want to uh, make people like you know like. They don't want to draw attention themselves, right? And things like that would. You know? um, I remember uh, playing Animal Crossing New Leaf for the first time mm-hmm. and seeing uh, the two llama characters whose names I've I've totally forgotten at this point. Yeah. Um. They introduce like the 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 female is the one who runs the store and the the husband runs the um or the the male character I should say runs the just builds things for you it's yeah. the blue and pink llama and uh, the the female introduces her or introduces the the uh the male as, as her partner instead of like oh this is my husband she's like oh really? this is my partner and i remember showing that to sarah my wife and she's like that's really cool i like that a lot yeah it's, it's progressive yeah yeah but like just kind of under the radar <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i uh, yeah it's it's i mean I, I guess i get it only for the fact that you know i mean nintendo's a business and they don't want people you know who are wrong but they don't want wrong people getting mad at them you know right and it, it kind of stinks but you know hopefully they're you know like you said in uh, animal crossing new leaf if they're doing better about it more you know, more recent times you know yeah but then again in what what did i say 1989 uh, uh october of 88 and yep. uh you know nintendo, yeah yeah but nintendo was already super progressive <laughs> they were like oh yeah no transsexual totally cool hey, we're, uh, we're hey, fine with it hey uh brad Brad, can I uh, can I talk to you about this uh, this instruction manual you're writing for us? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about it? Uh, I mean, it's good. I like the whole. You know, this is it's a it's a dream, and they all had the dream, and they're gonna go on a picnic. That's yeah. that's brilliant. I thought that was really really good. But uh, let's uh let's talk about Birdo for a second. Right? Yeah. What about her? Him? N- no, I mean she used to be, but not yeah, anymore. I know, but why are we bringing that up? I feel like that's a really strong characteristic of Birdo. I mean, that defines who she is. But I mean, she had to deal with a lot, <laughs> sir. You you play the game. You don't. I mean, there's no identifying traits. It just looks like a monster. Listen, I took out the fact that Triclyde hates his mother for you. All right. Yeah, I, I got rid of and that. I, for and you. I appreciate that. But I mean, this 
seems like much a much more slippery slope. I don't see what you're talking about. We're not seeing eye to eye here, sir. Brad, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> That's a glimpse into 1988. Yeah, it is. I think that sounds about right. Now, Xander, I a lot of I feel like there's a lot of people out there who look at Mario 2 and they think like, oh, this wasn't even a Mario game. Like this doesn't count. Like this this is stupid. Like I'm not even doing the usual Mario stuff. How mm-hmm. do you like you know? Normally we just talk in depth about a game, but we don't really. I feel like just flat out say, hey, do you like this game? Yeah, no, I liked. I I never had a problem with it. Okay, now and you didn't have a problem with it afterwards either. Like you know, after no. You as soon as I the, found the out that uh, that Birdo, you know, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I I thought of it as the same game, Craig. It was it was progress, and that's all. If that if that's what Birdo wanted, then that's what Birdo should have. Y- you're right. No, you're right. <laughs> I don't feel like that was a dividing point, unlike you, I assume. <laughs> what? No. No, I would never admit to that on, on a podcast. Ever. But yeah, no, I just... <laughs> you, but you like Mario too. Yeah, I never. I've, I still enjoy it. I mean, I never finished it, but I think... Mm-hmm. And then again, I never finished uh, Mario Brothers 3 until it was re-released on the Game Boy Advance. Really? Yep. Oh. Because that wow. was another one of the 10 games I didn't have. <laughs> wow. That's depressing. Yeah. Because Mario 3, I mean, I, Mario 2 is, 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 you know, a really fun game. I really like Mario 2. Yeah. But, like, Mario 3 is, like, the, like, probably the best Nintendo game ever. Uh, Super Mario World. I'd give it to I that. said Nintendo. Not necessarily oh, okay. Super I th- Nintendo. I thought you meant Nintendo as a company. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I, I definitely agree. Mario World is probably the greatest Mario game ever. I, mean, I would even argue it's maybe the best video game ever. I mean, that's bold. It is bold. I stand by that statement, though. <laughs> All right. But uh, but Mario Brothers 3 is probably about the best Ninten- like original Nintendo Entertainment System game. It's at least up there. Yeah, I guess. I, I, and again, it's just it's not one of those games I ever owned myself. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. I guess I don't have the, the sentimental attachment as everybody else does. I feel strong, more strongly towards like Little Nemo than I do Mario Brothers 3. I mean, I, I'm I mean, not going to get me wrong. Mario Bros. 3 is great. There's yeah. a ton of stuff to do. There's tons of levels, a lot of fun, but I don't know. If, if I, I feel like it was sat down in front of me, I'd go towards Little Nemo. But I think that's probably the nostalgia factor for you as I well, guess. right? You know? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I just, I've, I've, and I, I probably would also just, I mean, probably go towards just about any other game before Mario, just because I feel like I've, I've played it enough and it wasn't anything special to me, you know? Like, it's good. But again, if I had, if if you were to, I don't know, Mario Brothers three, and then give me just a random game, uh, I don't know, Bucky O'Hare, I'd probably want to play Bucky O'Hare. Uh, how about Mar- now? Now, if this is a situation where it's like this is the only game you're going to play for the rest of your life, then I'd probably go Mario Brothers three. Okay, I got gotcha. you. But like, so- I don't like if, uh, if with it being on like the NES Classic, I would probably play all the other games on the NES Classic before I jump to Mario Brothers three or any of the Mario games. To be honest with you, because you've played them so much yeah. and everything. I see. So for you, it's not that Mario the Brothers games aren't great. It's just they're almost overdone. Like you've done them so much throughout yeah. your life that it's like, hey, I just want to do something different. Yeah, and I don't have that. Uh, yeah, and like like I said, I don't have that nostalgia of like, oh my god, this is great. And like even the original Super Mario Brothers, I used to play it all the time. Mm-hmm. But I, it's it's like, oh, that's that's Mario Brothers. I'm okay. <laughs> like it just never never I mean Mario World like I said I'll I'll jump to that over most other games like that one 
for whatever reason really stood out to me and even like mario rpg and stuff like that mm-hmm. but yeah generally I, I mean even uh like mario galaxy i never fully played through wow now mario galaxy heard one it's fantastic I did. yeah it's great it's it's a lot of fun uh, mario galaxy one i completed two i didn't mm-hmm. i never completed two i uh, got fairly far i think yeah i'm not gonna say i'm a mario hater but uh I don't know he's he's indifferent to me. I, there there are other characters in the Mario universe I think are better than Mario always. But well, I mean <laughs> characters themselves. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I yeah. mean, you know, the WarioWare games. Those are great. <laughs> Just because those are random and weird. But that's a that's a topic for another episode. How am I not surprised that random and weird trumps over tradition? Good gameplay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you really shouldn't be. Uh, uh, anything else on Mario Brothers two? You know, Mario 2 is is a, a, a really fun game. I really like it. I, I think that there's it's sort of a weird, quirky Mario game, not only for the gameplay, but even the setting itself. It has that like sort of almost like a Middle Eastern flair to everything, like yeah, magic I mean the, carpets. Yeah, that was what and, I was just going to say. Yeah, you know, and the music itself, I feel, even sort of lends itself to that kind of setting, you know, yeah, in a certain the, sense. Uh, the underworld theme kind of has that. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly, you know, the thing that pops in my head about that. And uh, and so I, I think that, you know, it's it's sort of interesting to have Mario in that kind of, I mean, it's still a fantasy setting. It's not like he's actually Mario in the Middle East or anything, but like to have yeah. that like sort of Middle Eastern kind of flair to it is really interesting, even if it is just a Middle Eastern flair seen through the eyes of a Japanese, you know, yeah. video game maker from the 80s, you know? Yep. But yeah, no, I, 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 I definitely recommend Mario 2 for people who've not really had much of a chance to play, but I feel like this is one of those games that probably most all of our listeners have probably played yeah most likely i'd be surprised to find someone who didn't play it yeah in fact if you haven't played it like if you've never touched this game reach out to us on the facebook group or uh discord or uh, anything uh let us know because it, it would be interesting to know if there's someone out there who hasn't yeah for sure um so speaking of games i would rather play oh gonna jump into our retro relapse jones in for a classic game it's time for retro relapse on the legend of retro podcast So, for this week's Retro Relapse, we had a bit of a task. It was it was kind of tough getting everything set up even. Yeah. Uh we originally chose uh, a Genesis game which we're going to we're going we're not going to say what it was because we want to play it eventually. Yeah. But we tried two different Sega Genesis systems. Uh-huh. Four different video cords. Yep. Uh, two different power supplies and two, two different, different TVs. Yep, two different TVs and like multiple inputs on each t- TV. Yeah, and every time it came up black and white. Oh yeah, there was no color. We even switched the game to try yep. something different, and it still was black and white. So technical difficulties here. Uh, Grim came down, tried to help us out, set up a couple things, and uh, in, in the in the retro gaming room, mm-hmm. there happened to be a Dreamcast sitting on on the uh, on the floor. Yeah, or in the little entertainment center. And he goes, well, we can try Dreamcast and see if that works. Because at this point, I was fully convinced that Sega in this household just wasn't going to work. <laughs> it was cursed. I uh, almost grabbed my Switch and tried Sonic Mania just to make sure it still had color. <laughs> but that's when Grimm said the most, the most romantic words I've ever heard in my entire life. My heart melted. He said, I can always go get the keyboard and typing of the dead. If you guys want to try that. Typing of the dead. Typing of the friggin' dead. Oh, let me rephrase that. 
typing of the dead. I've wanted to play this game since I first ever heard of the concept of this game. Now, if you're, you might be like me, Xander, where it was sort of like, just sort of like a weird offhand thing you heard about, like online. Uh, I think maybe even I heard first heard about it from our buddy Sean. Yeah, I remember, I, like, I remember seeing it in stores and just like, really? that's funny. Like, that can't be a real thing. <laughs> and I didn't have a Dreamcast. Like, I I never, I mean, I had one for a little bit, and like we discussed on the RPG episode, I had one, and then it went back to the previous owner right. in almost no time. So I never had a chance to go out and buy all these things. Uh, but Typing of the Dead was always one of those, like, oh, man, if I ever, if I can, and I, I take it back. I don't think I ever saw the game in store, but I always saw the keyboards. Oh, I was like, okay. what is that for? And it had a little sticker for Typing of the Dead. And I remember trying to find, like, an emulator for it. Because, like, obviously my computer can hook up. I'm sure, like, yeah. Why wouldn't that work? And I just never found it. Um and yeah, we finally got to play it. Typing of the Dead is for for the people who who have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. It's based on the House of the Dead series, yep, specifically is, House of the Dead yep, 2. It is straight up House of the Dead 2, only instead of using the light gun, you use a keyboard. It's a typing game. It the helps zom- you die. The zombies have little word bubbles over or, uh, across them, covering them up a little bit mm-hmm. with your uh word that you have to type or your phrase or your letter or whatever sentence you, yeah 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 it's a death sentence as the game <laughs> says so clearly on the back <laughs> so good um so yeah you're you're doing you're just typing in these words to shoot the zombies and what's hysterical is that when you play uh house of the dead 2 in the arcade or if you have the light gun and you're playing at home your character runs with a gun in his hand uh-huh with this one You've got a backpack, and on that backpack is a Dreamcast, <laughs> a gigantic battery, battery, and a necklace that has a, a keyboard that shoots bullets. <laughs> yep. It is so stupid. It's the best. Like, I, I don't even know what to say. It's the best <sighs> game I've ever played in my life. <laughs> oh my god! This was the stupidest. Like. So but about two, maybe three years ago, mm-hmm. someone hipped me to the idea of Sesame Street Fighter, which is the same thing <laughs> as Typing of the Dead, only you're like Sesame Street characters fighting one another, and to throw a punch, you have to type in a word. It just randomly pops up. <laughs> That's right. And it's it's so dumb, but I loved it, because I'm like, oh, type, it's just, it's for me, I just, I love just typing. Like, it's a fun thing, I, and especially when I'm challenged to do it, I love playing around and doing that. I want to take this game home for Sarah to try. <laughs> Just to see if she like gets really into it. She hates scary stuff, but she's really she's always like, "Oh, I'm a really fast typer. Let's find out if it'll save your life." Are you fast enough to t- or fast enough at typing to live? Right. Oh man, yeah, that, would, this that was, would be funny. And it took us a while to get this going too, because we had to try a different Dreamcast. We had to try a different <gasps> thing. Like we, Sega seemed cursed today, but it finally finally worked, and it was the most glorious 45 minutes of my life. It was amazing. It was honestly amazing. It's so over the top and ridiculous. It's 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 a survival horror yep. like shooter game. On top of it already being a campy horror based game right. with bad voice acting, terrible voice acting. You, you're just typing the weirdest words, and every boss fight is different. Yep, yep. Uh, so the first boss fight you have to like uh, is is this giant like metal uh, armor thing that swings an axe at you, and the stupid little imp thing that flies around. And in the game, in the arcade game, you have to shoot the imp before he can tell it to attack you or, or whatever, I, I believe. It's been a long time since I've played the regular right. House of the Dead 2. But you have to uh, shoot the imp uh, to keep Quarrel from to, from attacking you. And then once Quarrel's dead, you have to fight the imp. 
and then he just you, he like stays back and then he flies slowly towards you and you have to type out these words before he gets to you. Yeah. The second one, you have to type the words while the enemy's chest is closed or opened. Yeah, open. Yeah, yeah. That's the one I did. Uh, and the third one, third one was the third. Uh, the third one the was trivia. Draw, right? Yes. The third one was a three-headed, uh, like a well, three sna- giant snakes. And uh, you had it would ask you a question and, and it would give you a multiple choice answer and you had to type the answer in before that head attacked you. What do children make forts out of? Yeah, <laughs> pillows. And then the other one was like spaghetti. And then the other is like uh, crushed uh, dreams. <laughs> crushed dreams. Um, and then we were playing. We got to the fourth level and we thought we had infinite life, uh, infinite uh, you know, game overs, and turns out we didn't. Yeah. Uh, Infinite continues, I should say. All right, yeah. Um, and we were fighting the fourth boss, which was this giant like chainsaw monster that was chasing you down, and you had to type out a story as it unfolded in front of you. Like, I once sent my friend uh, for her birthday one year. I sent her a rabbit, but she was really sad when she got it because I forgot to poke holes in the box. <laughs> and then, like, I've always liked snakes, but I can never trust them. I went to the zoo. <laughs> And a snake stole my car. Like, it's the dumbest, like, how it came up with this stuff is is incredible and beyond me. But it was yeah. it was hysterical. Like, it was a fun game to watch just to read what was being said. Oh, it's the most ridiculous stuff. I mean, the, the voice acting itself is really terrible. But just some of the, like, sentences that would pop up, they didn't make sense. Yeah. Like, th- there was no rhyme or reason to it. It nope. was sort there of was, like- There were a couple challenges where it would be like, these zombies are coming at you. Your goal is to kill 10 or more in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And the th- words would all be themed. So you had one where it was like, polka salsa like all sorts of different dances and you had to type Jive. in these yeah and you had to do dances that before the time yeah. was up but yeah this game was was incredible i i i would still be playing it right now if we didn't have to record episodes yeah probably yeah it was really over the top ridiculous i uh, grim said i could borrow borrow it take the dreamcast and everything home and keep playing but i've got school and all sorts of other responsibilities <laughs> and i don't i can't i can't do it but yeah, i but i'm thinking about going up there and grabbing it anyway I mean, I'm not going to stop. I know you're not. That's why you're my best friend. (laughs) Second best friend, because Grim's my best friend now forever because he owns this game. Uh So sounds right. No, I'm okay with that on the eight bit scale. I think that if anybody gives it less than a nine, they're an idiot. Correct. (laughs) It's amazing. Yes. Eight out of eight. This is the best retro relapse game we've ever played. And we once did uh, Little Nemo for retro relapse. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. Typing of the day. And yo, no, I'm sorry. Yo, Noid! Yo, Noid! Yeah, that was once a, once a retro relapse game, and this is better. I want to go up, I just want to hook it up and play it again. If there's any of our listeners who own a Dreamcast mm-hmm. and are lucky enough to own Typing of the Dead, come over so we can play two players. Yeah, we need two players. But also, <laughs> if you're not playing it right now, you're also probably dumb. Yeah. Because that game is amazing. And you don't deserve it, and you should give it to us. Yeah, you really should. We deserve it. It's true. We'll treat it right. All right. Uh, I could just go on and on about it or just go play it, but we need to stop. We need a little bit of self-control. Yeah. Um, so we'll move on to our RPG protagonist battle. Oh, yeah, because now we're Interesting in- things. Yeah. It's all wrapped up. It's all done. Voting is done. And to those who uh, saw the post, uh, sorry it was so late, but uh, it's all done now because we're recording these episodes and we need to say something. Yeah, we <laughs> so, sure do. Um, to I know I just did this a couple episodes, but to recap with all of the latest standings, um, we had 
You know, I'll just go from where we left off because the last thing we said was that Rex beat Shepard. Yep. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. Yes. Uh, Rue versus Hero. Rue from Threads of Fate versus Hero from Dragon Quest Eight. Uh, Hero took that one. Mm-hmm. Ron Far versus Oren. Ron Far from uh, Lunar 2. Oren from Final Fantasy X. Oren took that one. Ah. Quena versus Lucia. Quena from Final Fantasy IX. Lucia from uh, Lunar 2. Lucia took that one. Hmm. And surprising nobody, Cloud stomped all over Jack from <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade <laughs> Bloodlines. <laughs> So you people make me sick. <laughs> so we are in round two, um, and now in, since I've got the list in front of me, instead of instead of us each saying our our own character, we'll just uh, real quick touch on who's there. Give you a quick reminder of who these characters are, except I don't remember half of them because they're from weird games that Chops played, um, and go from there. So round two, uh, battle number one is between Dart from uh, Legend of Dragoon and Gino from Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Dart is some kind of knight. Yep. With dragon wings, I think. Uh, Perhaps. Yeah. It's a really popular PlayStation RPG, but it's one that Xander and I have not really played that much. I I rented it a bit. very cultural, though. (laughs) Incredibly culturally significant. Yeah. Um, So Dart uh, beat out Kyle last round, and Gino beat out Vincent from Final Fantasy VII. Good. Uh, Kyle from Lunar uh, Silver Star Story. So... This week's uh, battle is between Dart and Gino. So hop over on our Facebook group. Um, and if you aren't already a part of it, just send us a request to join. We'll let you in. We just do that to keep the robots out. Yep. Um, and then you can vote. And we've decided um, that the winner of the contest, whoever comes out on top over everything, will get their very own episode. Yep. Character introspective. Uh, character introspective episode. Yep. So we'll talk about as much as we can. Hopefully it's not something like Turnip. Well, Turnip can't. No, Turnip can still win. Turnip's still in this. Yeah. So we can talk uh, for forty-five minutes about Turnip. One episode. I'm I'm hoping Turnip wins. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, again, I'll say that it's been said by the glitch that uh, if Gino doesn't win this, this whole thing's rigged. Uh, that's something to consider. If you guys don't want the glitch to uh, get upset, I mean, you know, throw a vote Gino's way. Yep. Um, and that's all we got for you for this episode. Yeah. Uh, significantly less time than our Earthbound episode, but yes. you know that's how it goes when we talk about Earthbound. Yeah, it is the case. But uh, yeah, so we'll. Um, that's all. That's all we got. You uh, got anything yeah, else? Anything no. you want to talk? I mean, can we just play Typing of the Dead again? I mean, Typing of I the mean, Dead is the best game in the world. Do you think Jay would mind if we just spent the night and the a- world? <laughs> slumber party and play that all night i don't think he'd care hmm. you think he'd mind if we just moved in no <laughs> played all the time nah would he keep us up like pay for us did yeah you think? Uh. i mean he probably wouldn't jade on the other hand she'd probably take care of us so, listen so long as if cr- you want to support our <laughs> our playing of house of the dead for the rest of our lives just jump on patreon you really should we can totally Support make a us. living out of playing Typing of the Dead all day, every day. We're going to talk to the glitch. He's going to hook us up with the way to stream it, and we'll just we'll just stream it for the rest of our lives. That's all we got to do. <laughs> I could do that. I could. So good. Typing of the Dead. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Legend of Retro podcast. Uh, 
yeah, let's just go play Typing of the Dead. Seriously. Yeah, really. If if you have the potential to play this and you're not, you're doing... You're, you're just doing everything I, wrong. Oh, my God. Yeah, you are. Yep. It was so good. Eight out of eight. Well, we'll shut up about it finally uh, so that you can go out on your other podcasts or back to more Typing of the Dead. All you can do is rewind and listen to us talking about Typing of the Dead. It's true. Again. So we will see you next time when you rewind and listen to Typing of the Dead or on the next episode when the legend continues. Eight out of eight would play again. Totally.